Hello. Hi. How's it going? I am good. How are you? I am fine. Okay, are you sure? Yeah, I've gotten out of work on time for the past two days, which is really something. Um, that almost never happens. So. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's been nice. Um, yeah. Um, at the time of this recording, I am just under two months away from the wedding. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We booked our hotel room already. <gasps> nice. Uh, we're not <laughs> staying, staying in I not guess in the city. Probably the not saying direct location no. on the pod, no. but no. Uh we are not staying in the city uh of Detroit. We're staying I think we're staying in like Novi or something. You're gonna drive far out? Yeah, I would rather do that. That's just a personal preference. I mean, I guess that's fair. You guys don't really drink, so yeah, I'm not worried about having to <laughs> having to DD anybody any place. Um, and then we were thinking because it's going to be like close-ish enough um, that Saturday we would go to the Henry Ford Museum. That'd be fun. It's been a hot, hot, hot ass minute since I've been there. I wanted to go to Greenfield Village, and Caleb's like, I don't really want to do that. I was like, but I want Greenfield Village is boring. I loved Greenfield Village and I love sh- he knows that I love shit like that. But I understand that it's not for everybody. So I think what we're well, we went doing- like every fucking year. Really? We went when I was in the fifth grade and it was a very big deal. We had to sell a whole bunch of I mean, the other kids sold candy bars. My mom was like, I'm not you're not doing that. Here's, here's the fucking money. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so we, that was a big deal. It was like an overnight field trip with everybody in the class and we stayed in a big hotel and it was a whole thing. Uh, and I haven't been out there since then. So I think it would be fun. Yeah. We went like every year Ew. in grade school. That would be irritating then. Yeah. That also, I mean, that's not really my thing. So that's fair. Different strokes for different folks. Sure. I'm excited. Are you? I'm guessing you're excited also. Are you excited? Yeah. I mean, okay, we're perfect. coming down to, um, at the time of this recording, you know, like about a month out, all the money's going to be due. So that sucks. But <sighs> I'm so excited for you. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, like, after making all the payments. It'll start to get fun again. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so just holding on to that thought. Hell yeah. Hold on for one more day. I don't know what that is, but okay. That was a really bad version of... Um, isn't that song just called Hold On? I don't know what that is. That's what I was saying. Oh, fuck. How does... Let me see if I can find the actual title. Hold on. For one more day. For one more day. This song, yeah, the song is called Hold On and it's by Wilson Phillips. I believe you. I didn't think you were lying. <laughs> yeah, that's all I've got for you. Okay. That's it. I'm Brittany. I'm Raina. This is Cheese Moses and Chainsaws.
Yes, it is. We what and we, we should really jump in because I got a shit ton of notes. I have so many one. notes. What are we talking about today, Raina? We are talking about Scream Six. Uh, this came out March twenty twenty three, and yeah, are you ready to guess a budget? Um, yes, I think that this had a budget of eleven million. You were too low. Really, twenty million. The budget for this was $35 million. Jesus Christ! Do you want to guess what this made in the box office? $135 million. You are too low. $200 million. You are too high. This made $169 <laughs> million. Nice. <laughs> um, so, let's try and get through my previewing notes. I can't wait. This was announced pretty much like right after... Scream 5 came out in 2022. Okay. Um, which, you know, tracks right along um, Scream and Scream 2. Mm-hmm. Um, this one took place, they filmed in Montreal, which was different. This was the first one to be filmed out of the country. Uh, unfortunately, a girl, Nev Campbell, Sydney Prescott, did not return. Because of a pay dispute, oh. which I do, I do want to stress that it's the production companies. It's got nothing to do with directors or writers or anything. I wonder why, like, why draw a line there? Like, the we all, I think, understand that Nev Campbell is an important part of this franchise. Just give her what she's asking for. Well, and that was, like, one of the things that she talked about. She, I don't know if I took a screenshot. Here we go. Um, She said, as a woman, I have had to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to Scream. I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. It's been a very difficult decision to move on. To all my Scream fans, I love you. You've always been so incredibly supportive to me. I'm forever grateful to you and to what this franchise has given me over the past 25 years. Um, which is what the fuck bro just give her her money it's really depressing um and i i i applaud her for like making that stand i mean she up until this point like sydney prescott was the franchise she was the face of this it's the one slasher where it's about her it's not the killer it's not freddy you know right that's really disappointing. It sucks a lot. I will Shame say. Shame on these fucking production managers. Fuck them. Yeah. I will say that this is. I I have a very high opinion of this movie. And what the finished product was. And I think that it's. A nice. You know transition. And I like that they, they threw out a little. Call to Sydney. Yes. And I think that that was good. I've there were lots wonder. of little, lots of little nuggets throughout this that were so cute little callbacks. So many in this one, and um, it's sad. And I'm always going to wonder what the script looked like before, but I think the outcome was good. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. That absolutely makes sense. I'm I'm not going to rush you, but I want you to know that I'm excited to see what you rated this. (laughs) 
I've got thoughts. We, I got a lot of notes to go through. <laughs> I can't wait. Previewing stuff. Well, I texted you the other day after watching. I know. And said I can't wait to talk to you about this. So, like, I mean, this might. This is probably going to be a long episode. That's fine. It probably is. And you know, I was um, a little drunk when I watched this movie, so my notes are a little, little chaotic. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, apparently, before Scream 4 came out, Kevin Williamson claimed that he had already mapped out Scream 5 and Scream 6. But of course, you know, that didn't happen because Scream 4 was not the big box office success that they were hoping it was going to be. Right. Um, which is crazy to me. I think that that's, I think Scream 4 is very good. Um, but I also, I don't think there's a bad screen movie. So I'm probably a little bit prejudiced on that. And then... And then obviously, you know, Wes Craven passing away impacted this series as a whole. Absolutely. Because they they wanted Kirby to come back. That's why we don't see her officially dying in Scream 4. You know, like she's still... <laughs> convulsing on the ground <laughs> um originally scream five was supposed to be jill roberts being stalked at her college campus who is jill and, roberts? uh emma roberts sydney's cousin oh yeah 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 yeah. but they ended up killing her obviously and then uh scream six was supposed to feature gail weathers as the main character and deal with her and dewey again obviously didn't happen Poor dude. <clears throat> Bless you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Scream 5 came out in like January, mid-January of like 2022. Mm-hmm. And this was greenlit February 3rd. So oh, damn. Pretty fucking quick. This was a very fast turnaround, yeah. Yes. Um. And then pretty soon after that, it was announced that uh, the, the core four, if you will, were all returning for this one. Uh, Melissa Barrera, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Gooding, and Jenna Ortega, who I love more than anything. Um, and then it was very excitingly announced that Kirby was coming back, Hayden Panettiere, which is amazing. And then, yeah, so then after that, it was announced that Cindy Campbell wasn't coming back. Nev Campbell, my goodness. I'm reading through these so quickly. Trying to, get, trying to get to where we can talk about the actual movie. Take your time, man. I'm not in a hurry. I just really want to jump in, you know? But I did, um, one of the, the last things we'll talk about, Nev Campbell, on my end at least, I loved that, like, a whole bunch of people involved in Scream, like, came out and supported her and her statement, like, David Arquette and uh, Jasmine Savoy-Brown and Melissa Barrera, Emma Roberts, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Matthew Lillard, Jamie Kennedy, Courtney Cox, oh, wow. and... 
like even the directors radio silence like they all made statements saying i mean sydney's the movie sydney is the free sydney has been the movie for the past 25 years yeah and if she feels like she's not getting the money she deserves that she rightfully deserves no matter what we're gonna support that um, so i I'm i glad love she's that got good folks in her corner yeah i love that she you know like i said it sucks that she's not in it and i was definitely wary of that going into this the first time i saw it but i love that she felt confident and strong enough and had all these people that have worked in these movies with her being like of course she should get what she wants so I like that. That's, that's some fun. That's some <laughs> final girl energy. Too, to be the person that stands up and is like, actually, you know what? I built this fucking franchise. This yeah. is how much I think I'm worth. And if you're not yeah. willing to do that, then fuck you. Good for you, Nev. Which is great. And I love that everyone supported her. We heart Nev Campbell. Of course we do. Um... So many little notes. Um, trying to look, and this is all stuff I want to talk about later. Is the problem? That's also something I want to talk about later. All this stuff like ties into the movie, and so I don't want to get into it quite yet. Um. Oh, goodness. That's not important to me. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. This has a 76%. The website says certain aspects of horror's most murderously meta franchise may be going stale, but a change of setting and some inventive set pieces help keep Scream 6 reasonably sharp. Um... Chicago Sun-Times gave the film three out of four stars. The Guardian gave it four out of five, describing it as gorier and a smarter follow-up to Scream 5, which I would agree. I also agree. And so this was obviously like a box office success. Um, I think there's a lot of people that would say that it was better than Scream 5. And so this came out in March of this year. And it is currently mid-August. <laughs> yes. And sorry, I'm talking to Randy. <laughs> so sorry. It is currently mid-August. August, which is a very long time in the movie world, especially with all the strikes happening, the writer strike, the actors are striking, everybody's striking as they should. As they fucking should, should. These people should be paid. I'm never going to be on the other side of a strike. Yeah, truly. How I'm no you... scab. We, c- amen, girl. We no could scabs really... on this podcast. There are no fucking scabs on this podcast. Um, I need you to know just uh to pepper in a little bit of flavor here. Um. <laughs> 
some of my favorite things to listen to and like what I've kind of been on a kick for lately, like what's been itching my brain are like pro-union songs from like Woody Guthrie and Pete Seeger lately. Um, (laughs) So like if you ever need a good song for a picket line, I'm your gal. But one of the lines in one of these songs is, um, they're talking about like the the union moving into the mines and like helping to protect the miners and stuff. And mm-hmm. he says, you, "Will you be a lousy scab or will you be a man?" Um, and I love that. I love that. <laughs> you heard it here first. This is a this is an anti scab pro union podcast. Correct. But anyway, it's been a while between the release of this movie. And when we finally got confirmation, they have announced that they do want, that they are going to make a Scream 7. Okay. Uh, This happened, like, two weeks ago, this confirmation. Like, the last time we recorded, they announced it. Um, Unfortunately, it is not going to be the guys from Radio Silence directing, because they are tied to a some sort of monster movie that I think Warner Brothers is making. Uh, It's going to be Christopher Landon that's going to direct it, who he did Happy Death Day and Freaky. So still kind of like that horror comedy, but it unfortunately just like tracks so much with like Scream, Scream 2 and Scream 3 that I'm like, Oh my god, no. History is repeating itself. No, not again. It all comes <laughs> back. It all comes back. It all comes back. Literally. Um, and those are my previewing notes. So we should jump into this. Dude, I'm so excited to talk to you about this movie. <coughs> um, my first note is this is 2 hours long. As is every other screen movie we have seen. That's true, but I get a little nervous as we have discussed when movies just generally are longer than like an hour and a half. Cause I'm like, man, you're either going to use this two hours and like, tell me a story you're going to, you're going to show me, or this is an hour and a half long movie with a bunch of stupid shit in it. And I got, I always get a little nervous. So I'm glad that this panned out the way that it did. A A plus. Interesting. I do not agree. I think, anything longer than two hours and i'm like why is this longer than two hours i think two hours is pretty standard is it yes i'm just getting old because i feel like maybe i'm also just like misremembering this i feel like when we were growing up the average movie was an hour and a half like that's a good length for a movie i disagree i think the movies maybe you were watching were an hour and a half that could be but i think we've we've also touched on we grew up on different movies. That's also true. And we don't have to go back to that conversation. Ever. We don't. We do it every fucking time. Um, I don't necessarily always think that two hours is too long for a movie. But sometimes it is. And I get a little nervous about it. So I'm glad that this did not disappoint. You would not enjoy Oppenheimer then? I, I did not think that I would. It was actually very good. I believe you. Um... Yes, this is a two-hour movie, as is every other screen movie. Beautiful. (laughs) And most movies. (laughs) Um, My first note says, all caps, Samara Weaving, I love you. 
is that what are the odds you remember her hold on a minute i know that name correct (laughs) is she is she the girl from happy death day no no hold on let me look her up uh she's from ready or not and she's from the babysitter so she has worked with radio silence before because they have worked on ready or not together she was the bride Yes. Also, the therapist is the dad from Ready or Not. Is he? Yes. Outstanding. Absolutely. <laughs> um, my next note says, we love a liquor sponsor. Hashtag Espelon. I uh, did not this... even notice that. I believe you, though. Um, the way that it was poured was you could just see the label so clearly. But also, at, when this movie came out, I was getting Espelon ads all over every social media and Ghostface was in like every single one of them. That's really funny. We'll take it. Product placement is uh, a staple nowadays. <laughs> might as well. Go ahead. It might as well be <laughs> liquor at the very <laughs> least. I don't want, I'm not going to buy a car because I saw it <laughs> no. in the Barbie movie. No. Uh, but I could absolutely afford a bottle of liquor. That's fine. Uh, my next note says I would love to teach a class on 20th century slashers. I think it's so funny. Um, it's as one of the quotes comes out later i i think it's really really funny that yeah she teaches a class about slashers and she still walks down this dark alley by herself um come on now come on now um my second note is what's your favorite scary movie not that not that one um i did think it was fun that we get to hear like her actual accent because I always forget that she's not American. Yes. It's like, don't see her in movies where she... The internet is telling speaks. me that she's Australian. Yes. Um, I also love that they put her in this white dress. Because uh, it just makes me think of Ready or Not. I could see that. Um, and then my next note says, I had such high hopes for my girl. And then Miss- come up. <laughs> such a good scream queen though as she's getting stabbed that just primal scream that she does well done is so good and it also just makes me think of in ready or not where she's climbing out of the pit and she slams the hand that she's been shot in over the nail oh my god i I very vaguely remember that that was such a that was a moment i don't know how that doesn't just stick with you i think about that probably every other week are you for real right now yeah, I love Ready yeah. or Not. That's yeah, yeah. And it's such it's such a good suspense moment because we, as the audience, can see the nail. We know that it's this broken ladder, and she's already hurt. All the odds are stacked stacked against her. Of and course, the ladder's going to break, yeah. and of course, she's going to go right over that nail. <sighs> um, but so this ghost face kills her. He says, now I see something red, the splatter of blood on his face. And it's just such a classic scream opening where yes. you are expecting it to go into the title card. And it doesn't. It just sits there and it takes the mask off. And the absolute shock in theaters the first time I'm seeing this as he takes that mask off is just unparalleled. Because, and I did take a note about that. This is the first time that that happens. Yes. This is the first time we see the killer unmask right then and there. 
Yes. It is always opening scene kill. And then with the exception of Scream 4, where it gives you the fake out. But even that still leads to Scream title card. We don't know who it is. The person's dead. I will say, all in one note, that's a first, seeing the killer unmasked right then and there. My immediate next sentence in this long-ass note is, maybe there's, like, a wave of copycats, and he's just one of many, question mark? No way they'd play all their cards at once like that. (laughs) Um, It's just so good, though. This was wonderful. It's just, like, different enough to stand out truly and then yeah he like stashes the masks and he's walking down the street and you're like oh my god what is this guy doing and then we walk past Tara or girl Jenna Ortega and it's like excuse me hold on pump the fucking brakes why is she here go why? what are you doing here <laughs> um who uh a side note she is dressed as a pirate her friend's dressed as a bear. The other friend is dressed as something else. This is all a reference to um, a VHS segment or a segment from VHS. I don't know if you remember that movie at all. It's been so long. Um, the Radio Silence, that was the segment that they directed in VHS. Was the It was like they were stuck in like a haunted house, essentially. And they like tried to rescue this girl and like tried to get out, but you know, it's like uh, some some deity. It's like actual haunted house. It's not like some killer Weird. that you can run away from. But so that's a fun direct reference. Um, but you know, as the audience, we're sitting here. We know that Jason has just killed these, just killed Samara Weaving, this professor, and he is specifically asking Tara, "Oh." You're going to this party. Oh, is Sam going? I'd love to see Sam there. Red and Tara's like, oh, like, you just have a crush on my sister. Fucking try harder. I don't know. But we as the audience were like, oh my god, he wants to kill Sam. No. <laughs> um, And then he goes home. Puts his mask away in their little shrine closet. And his Which roommate, like, who little- apparently... They're in on this together to be ghost faces calls, but of course it's not actually him. It's ghost face, ghost face. The real deal. <laughs> and then my next note says, "This is wonderful slasher material." Um, the roommate being cut up in the fridge—that's so Friday the Thirteenth. Yes. In a screen movie. Yes. Um, fully just like dismembered in the fridge and then Ghostface just stabs him a bunch of times like 10 or 11 times and it's amazing the only notes I have on this particular like handful of scenes is wait does he get murdered too um so yeah that's he just fully stabs him (laughs) a million times like guts are coming out of his stomach and he's like well, what about the movie and then real ghost face goes who gives a fuck about movies and then that's where we get the title card and i wrote that quote down because i think it's really funny Scream because stages. once again it's a fully it's different it's always about the movies always <laughs> one way that's or another the title. 
That's the title. <laughs> That's Scream Six. One. Who gives a fuck about the movies? Um, and then we cut to Sam's at therapy, and my next note is about ah, oh, that's the dad from Ready or Not. <laughs> His voice, Caleb and I were both like, "Hold on a second. His voice sounded a little bit like the voice modulator. Interesting. Um, I thought that was weird. I don't agree. Okay, but that's okay. And it's interesting that both of you guys agreed on that because I thought I was imagining it, and I said. Does this guy sound like the like the voice modulator to you? And he said, "Yeah, I was just going to ask you the same thing." Interesting. My next note is a quote: "Are you Omega Beta Zeta?" <laughs> I have um, just two notes before that, but I do have a note about Omega Beta Zeta. Beautiful. Um, my next note is so Sam explains to the therapist. She's like, "Oh yeah, like." Because he's like, oh, you got to be honest with me. How are we going to? We're never going to make progress if you're not honest with me. Blah, blah, blah. And, and like, then of course. Like, yeah, but you didn't have to say it like that. You don't have to say it like that. That's not productive. It's not constructive criticism in this. <laughs> She's paying you some sort of money, sir. Presumably. And you're just make her. Take. Because look what happens. She's honest with him. She's like, yeah, you know, like my sister and I, me specifically, we were targets because my boyfriend at the time was fucking crazy and, you know, now all these people are saying that I'm the real killer but also, you know, I stabbed him a million times and it felt right. And he's like, oh my god. And she's like, well, I'm not gonna do it again. I'm just saying in the moment, you know. This seems like the right thing to do. Also, I agree. I (laughs) I mean, the the boy was crazy. And trying Caleb to kill I, you and your sister. We both also, Caleb and I looked at each other as he was like, well, I, I can't do this. Oh my God, I have to report this to the police. Both of us are mandatory reporters at our jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were both like, literally, no, you don't. You're just being an asshole right now. Because she's saying, she's like, I'm not <laughs> going to do that to anybody else. No, I stabbed but my ex-boyfriend because moment. he was going to try to fucking kill me. Yeah. Like, that's a little different than, hey, I murdered a guy one time. It's it's a very specific set of circumstances. Also, <laughs> like, even if she right had off. just murdered some guy, some guy one time, like, killed somebody in cold blood, I can't say shit to nobody about nothing. It's not like it just happened right before she walked in. No. Nope. It's, it's not like she's talking about, oh, I killed a bunch of people and I keep wanting to kill more. And I'm going to kill myself. Like, killing yeah. yourself is the big piece where people have to be like, whoa, 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 <laughs> pump the brakes, buddy. Um, But so she, like, looks it up on her phone and she shows him and he scrolls for a minute. And there's this picture of that someone has edited of Richie in, like, a flower crown. And it's, like, innocent. And it's just way oh. too real. It's way too reminiscent of my time on Tumblr and Which- seeing... Fucking like serial killer fetishizers. Yes, and I'm like, no, you get—he killed people. That is not—he's not innocent. <laughs> this is literally Jeffrey Dahmer. He actually yeah. killed and ate people. <laughs> I think you can take him out of the flower crown, sweetheart. Literally, like it's not—it's creepy enough when people do it to these fictional characters, like in real life. Now this is just me talking, not about Scream 6. But, like, when I see stuff and it's, like, 
Billy and Stu or Hannibal Lecter. Like, are you guys feeling okay? (laughs) Yeah, even that, like, gives me weird vibes. I'm like, I like Skeet Ulrich. I like Matthew Lillard. I like Anthony Hopkins. They are all talented people. They were all great in these roles. I would buy a shirt with their, like, faces on them, sure. But I'm not putting them in flower crowns. I'm not. I might do it in, like, a silly way. Because, like, sometimes that is kind of funny. It's funny. But the idea. But it's always, it's always, yeah. I'm always like, this is where we're drawing the line, though, right? These fictional characters. We're not doing this to real life serial killers, right? No. As long as we're not doing that. No. So it's it's way too real for me. (laughs) It always brings me out of the movie. I'm like, God damn it, no. Um, and then my next note just says Mindy with a heart. And then my note after that says, oh, Mega Man Zeta. I cackled. <laughs> I screeched and then I cackled. And Caleb was like, what is so fucking funny? And I said, she just asked her if she was Omega Beta Zeta. <laughs> and he said, I don't get that. And I said, Omega Beta Zeta, this is Cece. I'm so her sister. <laughs> well, and so that's like the sorority, right? And then the frat, whose name I always forget, is... Yes. Derek's fraternity from Scream 2 as well. That's funny. Um, which is always great. Uh, my next note says, Tara, no! Because she's starting flirting with this guy. This Clearly, you know. Bag. It's like, oh, the cake's done. She's like, what? He's like, there's hard liquor in the kitchen. And she's like, okay. And it's like, oh, it's all gone. But I have fireball in my room. Red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. And I I get it. She wants to be... She is avoiding dealing with the trauma. She is not responding to the trauma the same way that Sam is. Um, So I love that immediately, like, Mindy and we meet Mindy's new girlfriend, Annika, are immediately like, "Mm, no, that's actually not what we're going to do. You're not going to go up the stairs with this boy. You know what? That's your friend. Uh, No. You can, you are more than welcome to like hook up with random people. That's great. We're not going to do it drunk at this party, though. No, we're not doing that. Also, this guy seems like a fucking creep. No, so creepy. And I love that Annika goes and she grabs Chad and she's like, all right, you're d- to stop fucking talking to your stupid roommate. Yeah. Um, and then my next note says, Chad with a heart, wish you had a different name. Really? <laughs> uh, and then, you know, he goes and he confronts the boy and she's like, he's just like, I think she's fine. She said yes. And she like, grabs he like grabs her arm and like starts to drag her up the stairs she's like whoa and then sam comes in out of nowhere and chases the guy as she fucking should as she should it's great there's a really chef's kiss it's great (laughs) there's a really fine line between okay like your friend said that she wanted to come upstairs with me like we're gonna go ahead and go upstairs and i she said yes and i'm gonna grab her and yank her up these stairs like i I think Sam absolutely did the right thing there. And that might be problematic, but that's 
fucking how Sue sees it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I think you start dragging any, people up the steps. I'm, yeah. I'm going to tase you right in your fucking balls. It's over. You're done. I think any rational person would have been, this is actually too much drama. I'm going to go hook up with somebody else. Um, I don't know who this is in reference to, but my next two notes are guy with the orange cap is sus. Always suspect a love interest. And the handsome cowboy is sus too. I have many reservations. The cowboy is Chad. What are you talking about? See, but at the time I had no fucking clue. I didn't recognize him right away. Oh my God. You retain no knowledge of these movies that I'm asking you to retain knowledge of. None at all. I, there are some (laughs) things that I uh, very vaguely remember. I do remember Omega Beta Zeta. I remember that her name is Cece, and that's Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, None of that is necessarily important to this storyline. None at all. What is important is you knowing who Chad is. (laughs) Yeah, I needed that. I figured it out. We got there eventually, but I also didn't recognize But it completely changes. I was like, no, no, I know her from something. Oh Hold my on god! A second, um, and then I realized, oh, oh no, I know them. I know both of these people. Yeah, no, I know them. That's fine. Oh my god. Um. So anyway, they all leave the party, <laughs> and Tara yells at Sam. She's like, "You were gone for this many years, and now you're back in my life, and that's great. But like, it's my life." I'm an adult. It's now or never. Um, and then some random girl throws her drink on Sam, calls her a murderer. And then they leave. And they go back to their apartment. And my next note is about um, Chad and Tara. Okay. Um, they are, like, talking in her bedroom and sitting on the bed. And he's like, oh, don't be... Don't be too mad at her, you know, like she just worries about you and she just stresses out. That was drama. <laughs> and then they almost kiss. And my note says, this chemistry is like out of nowhere nowhere for me. But it's also like so believable. I think that they pull it off so well. And then um the roommate Quinn like comes back in and accidentally interrupts and she just keeps saying the word cock block and then Chad goes <laughs> and this is a note I wrote was, stop please stop cock? saying the word cock <laughs> and he's like oh my god please just stop stop saying the word cock <laughs> that's a very like <laughs> that's giving Raina vibes that's you yeah it's like can you fucking stop can you just chill out for a second can you please? stop saying the word cock please and then like he leaves and Quinn apologizes and she leaves and then Tara's just laying on the bed and she like smiles and it's just cute and like un- such a normal thing in this horror movie. <laughs> in this shit bag of a situation that this poor little girl is in. Um, and then we also see next is Sam is like sitting on the stairs and she's like super depressed, so sad. And then the hot neighbor that. guy walks in and she like pulls him to her and they start making out and we're like oh my god she actually does have some sort of relationship and that's great she's moved on a little bit classic sydney vibes somehow the libido persists ain't that that's the fucking title it is not (laughs) 
but um then he makes a joke he's like oh yeah you know it's really hot being with a girl that's ashamed to be with me and she's like well you know that's not it and like clearly you know like he's just teasing her um but then of course chad interrupts they go back upstairs they see the news report uh samara weaving's dead jason's dead jason's roommate's dead and Sam's like, we gotta get the fuck out of the city. And Tara's like, well, no, this doesn't have anything to do with us. And Chad and Mindy are like, are you sure about it's that? It's a pretty big are coincidence sure? if it doesn't. Are you sure about that? And then, of course, Quinn's dead. The roommate is, she's got a dad for a cop. And so she calls him and he's like oh well you know i was just gonna call you because sam's idea was found at jason's apartment i was suspicious um and then sam and tara are heading to the station they're walking down the street richie calls uh this is 30 minutes in to the movie we are 40 minutes into this podcast i am not even a page down we're at the end of my first page um before richie calls uh she declines a call from gail Yes, Gail calls Sam, and Sam declines it. Um, and then my next note, all caps, bodega scene. In all caps, my next note is, in the bodega! <laughs> um, one note before we get into the bodega scene, the bodega is named Abe's Snake, which is a reference to Wes Craven's pseudonym, Abe Snakes, which he used in the 70s when he would direct adult films. I did not know that Wes Craven directed adult films. I think that's fucking hilarious. It's really funny. That's so funny. Um, also, what another little, lovely little Easter egg. Lovely. Yes. Little hug. So fun. Um, so this was released before the movie was. Like, I had watched this scene mm-hmm. several times before the movie came out. Because um, I think it was in one of the, like, trailers. Mm-hmm. And I was mad. I was like, why are they showing me so much? I don't want to see this. But of course, I'm going to watch it. They put it out there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This bodega scene really is like, I mean, already at this point, we can tell, you know, it's a screen movie, but it's different. (coughs) The rules are different. We are not in Woodsboro. This ghost face is not the same. He is way more hardcore. Who gives a fuck about movies? (laughs) Truly. And this is like there are other people around here like these are just randos he kills a lot of random people just just for the sake of of getting them the fuck out of the way yeah and in like classic like spider-man new york vibes the people in the bodega are like whoa you gotta get the fuck out of here let's go you gotta get the fuck out of my store no and like he kills this random guy waiting in line the guy working the counter is trying to get sam and tara out of there he's like go through the back door trying to get the keys to them he's got a shotgun and ghostface just takes it and like shoots this guy in the face ghostface like it's nothing like it's nothing yeah this is not a ghost face to be messed with it's different um and then yeah he kills the shop owner we're crawling the they're crawling around on the floor trying to figure out how to get out. And they managed to like push a 
shelf on him and like run out and the cops are there of course and that's Ghostface is gone. final girl behavior that's excellent well thought <laughs> well Ghostface is gone there's a mask on the ground um and then so Quinn's dad Detective Bailey is trying to talk to them and then he says something oh man I don't remember verbatim what he says but he says something along the lines of like oh like is there anybody that wants to kill you like half ass joking and they're like oh well no one that's alive anybody that wants to kill us is dead oh (laughs) and that's always really funny to me and then the interview gets interrupted the guy's like hey somebody here from the FBI they're claiming jurisdiction over this and it's fucking Kirby Yes. And that was great. Then my note just says, ah, Kirby, underlined. I recognized her, but couldn't remember which movie she was from. So I wrote, wasn't Kirby from earlier too? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. Do you know now? I couldn't tell you which one she was in. It, I think four. Yes. She talks uh-huh. about the killers. <laughs> Listen, just because she talks about the killers, I was present for all of the killers. I don't remember what other people know. I just know what I know. (laughs) But she talks about, oh, Charlie Walker. And then there's the whole scene where her and Bailey are counting down the killers. Yeah, I could not. that should have been enough (laughs) to I could not. I didn't recognize the name Charlie Walker. I was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, but she says it. And then she says it again later when they're looking at the pictures took me seeing the pictures to go oh that's a bad guy that was one of the killers oh my god yeah, dude it's i haven't seen <sighs> i haven't seen let's see i watched scream one like recreationally but beyond that i i have not rewatched any of these movies since we've covered them ridiculous my next note says uh it's a kirby quote she says i take a special interest in ghost face attacks and i said same yeah, that sounds right. That's pretty on brand. Um, so Yeah, so the masks that have been found already have been just Richie's, I think. And then we find out that um this mask is Charlie Walker and Joe Roberts. Um and then Sam's like, well, we're getting out of town. And Detective Bailey's like, no, you're not. You're a person of interest. <laughs> Which, <laughs> why do they always think that they can leave? You can't leave. You can't leave. You're, it's, this you're implicated. This is a criminal investigation now. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my next note says, Gail, all caps, heart. That's my next note. And then, in all caps. underlined, punched. <laughs> I don't, uh, the note that I have about this is does like Sam tries to take a swing at her first and she dodges. Yeah. She says, quote, nice try, sweetie, but I've done this dance before. And then Tara decks her. Yeah. From the other side. It's great. Uh, I loved that. Well done. That makes three out of six movies that Gail has been punched in. That's a, you got a 50, 50 shot. If you turn on a screen movie, that Gail punched. no, she did get punched in scream three. Jennifer Jolie punches her, I think. Okay, so then what is that, four out of six? Yes. Yeah, you got some good odds. 
um, which is pretty good because so the sister, the Carvinish sister, upset with her because at the end of Scream Five, Gail does this whole mini monologue and she's like, "No, like these." Uh, she says, like, these fuckers deserve to die in anonymity because they just wanted, you know, to be known. Uh, maybe I'll write a book about Dewey. And Sydney's like, I'd read that. And then, of course, oh, you know, she doesn't. She writes a book about what happened. And Sam's like, you called me unstable. You called me a killer. You called me psychotic. Like, you're part of Fuck what's you, feeding dude. into this yeah. life that I'm living now. And so, obviously, they don't trust her. And then, this is when we get a Sydney Prescott reference. Gail's like, Sydney sends her love. She sends her, like, hopes towards you. But, you know, she's getting Mark and the kids out of the city. She deserves a happy ending. She deserves to have her happy ending. And it's so true. She does. It is. And I, I really love that they put that in there. She does deserve to have her happy ending. Both Sydney Prescott, the character, but also Nev Campbell deserves to have her happy ending. That's true. Right before my note on that, um, one of the girls either, I want to say it was Sam. She says, what, well, what would Dewey think? And so I wrote WWD. Oh, yeah. What That's would Dewey what this means. Thank you. I also put WWDT and I was like, what the fuck does a T stand for? What would Dewey think? I was like, why did I write that? I'm glad that we were here the same brain well done that's why I just wasn't going to say it was because I was like what would Dewey something I don't know what would Dewey think um so then they leave and then one of the best songs in horror movie history Red Right Hand starts playing I noted it (laughs) um so it continues to be that Scream 4 is the only one that doesn't have it (laughs) And then my next note, we jump right into a Mindy monologue explaining the new rules. And I wrote, I'm so Mindy coded. (laughs) Before that, because I have a note about the t-shirt that she's wearing because I loved it. Um, I don't, I don't recall what this is in reference to uh, specifically, but in between Sydney deserves to have her happy ending. And before Mindy gives her monologue, my note is, the sheer amount of force needed to stab someone through the cheekbone? Hmm, yes. I don't know who gets murdered. Mm, it's a therapist. Oh, that's oh, that's right! It's really funny. I don't have a single note about him. Oh, that's where Red Right Hand plays. It's the end of that scene. And then it leads into the murder. Mindy scene. It was a good murder. Yeah, he like stabs him like in the nose. And then in the cheek, it's it's wild. It was wild. How he gets stabbed. My note on Mindy and her monologue is just about her t-shirt. <laughs> I love it. Well, it says strong femme lead. And I love that. Like, that's yeah. so wholesome and gender neutral. And like, yeah, baby, you are a strong femme lead. I love this for you. <laughs> the monologue's important. <laughs> I do have, I lied. I do have a note about the monologue. <laughs> Uh, we're not just in a sequel. We're in a franchise. We're in a franchise. Okay. And she was right. Yeah. My my notes on the monologue say, uh, I'm so Mindy coded. All caps. We're in a franchise. I hope. LOL. Um, I also have a Letterboxd account instead of a personality. And then I said, I... we love a Nancy Thompson reference. That felt really fucking personal. 
I looked when, at Caleb and I said, ouch. And he was like, what? I was like, I have a letterboxed account and no personality. I never see you log movies. So I wouldn't consider that to be. Oh, thank God. <laughs> anything to do with you. <laughs> um, Fucking nerds. What was I going to say? Oh, when this movie came out and I was like putting it in my letterboxed while I'm sitting in the theater after the credits are rolling. Um, I kept seeing like so many reviews that were like, I would die to see Mindy's letterbox to go. When you say it like that, yeah. Because I know it's great. There's no way it's not. No. Um, yeah, when I open Scream 6 on Letterboxd, the first one says, not gonna lie, the Letterbox insult hurt a little. Amen. Um, my next note says, LOL, Roman sucks. <laughs> my next note in all caps says, NEVER TRUST THE LOVE INTEREST! Oh my god. <laughs> um, so this was, like, the first reference to Roman Bridger since Scream 3. Which is so funny to me. Is we make, like, this whole big deal about, you know, everything comes from Billy and Stu. Billy, 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 Billy Loomis. He's the beginning of this, but also can- canonically speaking, Roman Roman was <laughs> the one that was like, "Hey, um, t- fucking Sydney's mom is fucking your dad, Billy. You should go kill her." <laughs> canonically speaking, that's the timeline. So Maureen. it's so funny to me that Roman just dies in it, basically anonymity, never gets credit for what he's done and he shouldn't that's not what i'm saying because roman sucks i was gonna say like didn't we just have a whole conversation about like (laughs) (laughs) these motherfuckers die in anonymity yes um and then my next note says the core four (laughs) um this is just so i think it's just a nice sweet bonding moment that we get to see between Sam, Tara, Mindy, and Chad in the kitchen, and they're talking and Chad's like, well, it's us. What do you mean? And he calls them the core four, and they all give him shit about it, and it's cute, and then um, this next scene with Sam and, like, the, the TV report where it's like, Sam attacked this woman, and you know, what What does she know? What is really her role in these killings? And Melissa Barrera's Bar- Barrera? Mm, that's goodness. Um, her monologue about how it's hard being so hated is like so sad to me. She got like so much shit after Scream 5. Of people criticizing her performance. Leave her alone. But also, like, I I think that she was fine in Scream 5. I think that she was much better in Scream 6. But I think the cast in general, like, they got used to their characters. They got used to each other. Yeah. That's kind of what happens, especially with a franchise. Like, it's going to take a minute. But Sam's whole character in Scream 5 is she's on all these pills. She's dealing with these hallucinations. Of course, she's going to be a more muted version of a person. Yes. 
and she got so much shit for how she portrayed her character. Leave Sam alone. And so it was very nice to see, like, this arc of Sam and just being supported by her sister and Chad and Mindy and even the neighbor boy and just being like his name is Danny his name is Danny I mean um, I <laughs> uh, it's just very nice my next note just says Melissa Barrera I love you I think that she was fantastic in this movie and I think she does rage very fun <laughs> um Are you still there? Yes. You cut out. I'm sorry. I That's heard okay. my neck and then nothing. <laughs> uh, my next note just says ghost face in Quinn's room. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> my next handful of notes about what happens are you're not going to go help your friend. Call 911. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, no. Are you there? Yes. Can you hear me now? Yeah. I oh, heard uh, my next note are you're not going to help. You're not going to help your friend? Call 911? Nothing? Well, nothing. He's, he's doing his best. I think he should have called 911, but I think that's the whole point of a Scream movie. You know, they never call 911. They never call 911. Um, because it's just the, it's the whodunit part, you know? You can't trust anybody. And I hear you, but if you had called 911 respectfully, I think you might have gotten this solved a little bit sooner. I disagree. I mean, that's not to say I, that came With out this like, specific. That came out killer. like, well, if we put the police in charge, then things will get done. And I want to be very clear. That's not what the fuck I'm saying. Oh, um, that is not how I interpreted it. Oh, thank God. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Brittany, I don't I don't think you meant it like that. Uh, I don't think that especially in scary movies, the cops are fucking worthless. Um, <laughs> but getting EMTs on the scene, I think at the very least you would have lost those people. Yeah, I think Annika, Annika <laughs> could have been saved. Um, but the way she hit that dumpster, I don't know. <laughs> but if we oh, got oh no 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 no, if they had all just dipped, that would have been yeah. best. If we had gotten to her before she had to hit the dumpster, yeah, maybe. Yes, after the dumpster, no, it's a- there was no the way the way her face looked, absolutely not. I didn't I didn't like the sound that that made. <laughs> oh, it was so realistic. That was it. A- oh boy, <laughs> this is such. This latter scene is incredible. This was sc- that was scary. I've never seen that in a horror movie before. I don't it think. Was great. So, so Ghostface is in Quinn's room. Um, Danny is desperately trying to call Sam, but like she has just told tara mindy and chad that she is sleeping with him and they're all giving her shit for it like teasing her like oh my god yeah i fucking knew it didn't i tell you and then he calls her she declines and because he's trying to warn her he sees ghostface in quinn's room and finally you know he sends them a picture of ghostface like actively killing quinn and then they're like oh my god and Ghostface throws Quinn out of her bedroom at Annika and Chad and Tara run out the door and they get separated. Ghostface closes the door and he slashes Mindy on the arm and he like stabs Annika in the stomach and like starts twisting it and raising it up. 
Um, and it's intense. I mean, that is not an easy thing to come back from. No. If you do not get attention. Based on my very rudimentary understanding of human anatomy and physiology. Yeah, that that's a rough one. Yeah. That's it's not to say that it couldn't be recovered from. Yeah, dude, I'm not a doctor. This, what the fuck do I know? But yeah, from what... In this instance, <laughs> where what attention told. was not seeked, <laughs> sought out Thought. immediately, like... Yeah. yeah. Yikes. Big yikes. Um, Sam goes to the kitchen. She tries to get knives from the butcher block. All the knives are gone. She decides to grab the butcher block, throws it at Ghostface, and they're running throughout the apartment instead of out the door. Because Which there's a million locks on the door. Behavior. I want to give her an A plus for thinking to grab that fucking butcher block. Because Just anything. Like, that that is final girl behavior. And well, I mean that's ultimately what helps save her and Mindy. Yeah. Um. So they have barricaded themselves in Quinn's room, and Danny pulls out a ladder. Why does he have a ladder that big in an apartment? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it reaches across his window to Quinn's window. Sam crawls across it. Annika says, you have to go first. Like, I can't do it. Mindy goes. Annika starts to go. And, of course, Ghostface has gotten into the room by that point. And he starts shaking her on the ladder, which is horrifying. Yes. Um, this sequence, this is like a real-life alleyway where they shot. Um... It was filmed with stunt actors in this specific alleyway. And then um, the set, like the apartments were identically recreated Wow! on a soundstage for the actors to film like the close-up shots. Wow. Um, which is, I think, incredible. That's, that that's something that like yeah. <laughs> people can do. That's wild. Well, with a budget of thirty-five million dollars, <laughs> you got some money to spare. Let's let's put the effort in. Let's and the they really in. did, and they did. Um, and it's she's so close. Sam is like screaming. She's reaching out. Mindy is sobbing. She's so close to grabbing Annika's hand to just finish pulling her, and then she falls off the ladder. And it's sad. It's very sad. To be so close, to see two of the main characters, like, heartbroken over that. It's depressing. It is. Lance is whining at the door. He is mad I will not let him in. Hi, Lance. No, don't call him. (laughs) I don't know if he... Can he hear me? Well, he's a dog. He's got better hearing than I do. Oh, that's true. I mean, (laughs) what I should have asked instead is, uh, is this... Sound just playing through your phone right now, or do you have like headphones on? No, I never wear headphones. Oh, okay, that was the way I meant to ask. That. <laughs> <laughs> that was... <laughs> well, if I wear headphones, anytime it brushes against something, oh, that's fair because it's always what it is on your end of things. So yes, I always just keep I... it open. I think, too, now, like now that we've moved into this other house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot quieter. I don't have to worry about noises from my neighbors and like yeah. that's our space is a little bit bigger and like organized differently to where like Caleb can still sit and make noise and like have an evening. Not be uh, two feet away from you. While I'm doing this. 
So yeah. it makes a big difference. Yes. I haven't had to use headphones in a while, which is gotcha. great. Anyway, my next note is because after they after all of this happens, they bump into uh I don't know his name, but I uh, the door Chad's roommate. Yeah. Ethan. Ethan. Um and they're like, well, what the fuck, dude? Like, where were you? And he's like, Whoa, what? I, I, was, I was in my economy class. I was in I was in econ. I was taking off. economics. You're not going to <laughs> econ. What the fuck? My note is I'm not sure if I believe the dorky kid. Yeah. I mean, he's like, you were the top of my suspect list. As he fucking should be. And then, um, we see Detective Bailey, like, exit the apartment. And Sam and Tara go up, and he's like, I'm off the case, obviously. But, you know, that's not gonna stop me. That's my daughter, and she's dead. And then, um, Gail comes up says something i just want to catch this fucker classic gail you know she reaches halfway through the movie and of course she's like okay i guess i guess i should stop doing what i'm doing <laughs> and contribute to this yeah and then kirby comes up they have a bit and she's like oh when did they let children into the fbi and she's like i have a gun i'm 30 i'm 30, <laughs> I'm 30 years old gail um and then this is my side note. I'd buy a fictionalized version of the Woodsboro murders. <laughs> I kill feathers. Yeah. I would pay money for that. That shit that would be up your alley. <laughs> um, theater that apparently Jason and his roommate, I think his name's Greg. Gray. Um, Gray. Greg? Gray. G-R-E-Y? I don't think that's what my caption said. I think that's what my caption said. I don't believe you. <laughs> I, that's what I have written down. So, I don't know. <laughs> that's my best guess. I'm sorry. You keep cutting out. Ah! Is that all you <laughs> You're like, no need to, no need to panic. No need uh, to do that. I think that's what my caption said because that's what I wrote down. Or maybe that is a G. I don't know. Maybe it is Greg. That looks like a Y, but yeah, his name is Greg. Okay, then that is a G. I just can't read. <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you, and you're gonna go. Oh, okay, I see it now. I I believe that it looks bad. I mean, when you're watching a movie, that's just. I mean, you're trying to hurry up and write notes. Yeah, I'm not paying attention to how shit looks. Yeah. I'm not blaming you for thinking his name was Cray. I'm just saying you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying you're wrong. Um, but so Gail takes them to this theater, and Kirby's like, "How did I miss this?" <laughs> and Gail's like, "Well, you're gonna get good at your job someday." It's called investigative journalism. Um, and then my next note: I don't even know where to. Jesus Christ! Isn't that bad? I don't know what I'm looking at, and I'm just not going to look at it anymore. That's, that's fine. It's right, literally right in the middle. <laughs> uh, my next note says, I'd pay a dumb amount of money to see this ghost face shrine. <laughs> that also sounds really on brand. There's so many things in here. So you're like, There's yeah, why, why is of... nobody taking my money for this yet? <laughs> there, 
Well, and that was, I mean, a really cool way to probably market this movie. Not that it needed help. They had some cool marketing stuff. But, like, a traveling ghost face museum <laughs> to the major cities would be incredible. Um, there's so many things here. There's the TV that killed Stumacher. There's the knife that Kirby was stabbed with. We see Stephen Orth's varsity jacket. We see the jacket that Kenny was wearing when he was killed. We, we see, see drawings of Dewey and Gale and Sydney. We see Dewey's t-shirt. Yeah. And, and what is her name? Mindy and Chad both say, yeah. this was Uncle Randy's. Yeah. And we see, like, um, in the background, we see, like, a big ghost face uh, that was in Scream 3 in the studios. We see, like, film markers. Like, there's so many things in this movie in this shrine that are just like the coolest thing in the world such fun callbacks incredible um oh and so on on the stage of this theater are all the ghost faced all the ghost faces robes and obviously all the masks are missing because they're being left at the crime scenes right um and then, like, Sam walks up to the Billy Loomis one, and Tara's like, oh, my God. And then she runs, and she realizes, oh, maybe I am experiencing trauma. <laughs> yeah. Crazy how that works. Pops up in random ways. Um, And then we get this really cute Mindy and Kirby interaction, because Kirby's like, I hear you're the, you're the new film. You're the new film person in this group. That was me. And they have this cute little one-off scene. That little exchange when they're yeah. about their favorite like pieces of scary movies. I think that was really tender. It was so cute. And my note says, it's true. Both the original and remake of Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is this? Gail must be talking to somebody. Because my note says... Um, crying because Dewey's theme rip. So I don't know where in this. Oh, is this when we see all of like the Dewey memorabilia? It must be because they played his theme at one point in this. Very sad. Yes. Also because I mean it's just a beautiful piece of music. Um, and I love hearing it. Uh, my next note says. First Gale Ghostface Convo. Crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was so weird. I have completely skipped over. They have tried to trap <laughs> Ghostface. Of course it doesn't work, but they tr- they track his call, and it's coming from Gale's apartment on the other side of the inside city. Inside the house. It's true. The call is coming from inside the house. Um, And have- they have ne- Ghostface and Gale have never directly interacted in this way. Which is crazy. Big in moment. Five movies, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ghostface grabbing her boyfriend is really funny to me, though. So I actually have a note about this. Uh huh. This, uh, as all of this is happening, okay, Ghostface mm-hmm. on the phone with Gail. Yes. And talking to her and explaining to her, like, oh, I'm going to get you, Gail. Uh, yeah. As he does, right? But. As they're talking, there's a brief pause while they're talking. Ghostface grabs the boyfriend 
Yes. And it goes back to talking again like this is nothing. So my note here, I did notice this. My note is, it has to be a team. The voice wasn't out of breath when he pulled Gail's new boyfriend away to kill him. Yes. So, I fucking see you. I was on to you the whole time. I knew that this was a little suspicious. <laughs> I mean, it also is not that wild. It's something that Kirby... Um, I believe at this point has already talked while they're looking at that like the like evidence list and the list of ghostface killers. She's like, Oh yeah, Roman Bridger, the only solo ghostface killer, yeah. which kudos to him. I mean it's always two people. Yes. Except for that time. It's and a clearly theme. it doesn't matter because fuck him. It's a theme. <laughs> um um, she can't get her gun safe open. My note says, Gail, such a responsible gun owner. We love it. We <laughs> and heart- this is a hashtag icon. <laughs> we heart gun safety. Uh, she almost had it. Gail, you almost had him. And then, Gail, no! <laughs> um, uh, my note says, okay, but Gail, as a killer, would be iconic. Because, like, that- Ghostface says something. That He's like, theory. yeah. It's it's always been one of those. I mean, you never know. There's always that thing of, like... There was a theory back in, like, Scream 2 and Scream 4 of her being the killer because she needed the spotlight on her, you yeah. know? Um, and Ghostface brings it up. He's like, oh, like, Sydney would never be the killer. And Dewey? Oh, my God. No way, but you. You could have been a killer, Gail. And she would have just been iconic. And I stand by that. I agree. Um, Caleb, at the point in between where I said, hey, I'm not really sure if I trust this dorky kid. Um, but before we get to the screen shrine, scream shrine, there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb's theory at this point is that Gail is the killer and she blames the girls for Dewey's death. That would have been good. That would have been good. That would have been interesting. But that's not what happened. No. What had happened was... She looks at these girls as she's laying on her apartment floor bleeding and says, tell Sydney he never got me. Yeah. Um, Right back. I'm going to go fucking sob for a little bit. Jesus (laughs) Christ. What do you want me to do with that? (laughs) Um, Before my note of tell Sydney he never got me, I wrote, Sam better get to a gun range or something. (laughs) (laughs) If you're gonna be a final girl, you need to you get just better. Need to. You need to get better aim. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then my note says, "Tell Sydney he never got me." And then, I mean, she she doesn't die in this. She's canonically still alive. Yeah. Um, but in parentheses under this, because I wanted to look up how old she was supposed to be. Um, and her on Gail Weathers' Wikipedia, it says she was 32 in Scream. Makes her, what, 50? Yeah, she's like 50-something in this movie. Almost 60? Um, but Dewey was 26 in Scream. And that's yeah. a... Like, obviously, it's an okay age difference yeah. at that point in your life. I mean, if it was um, six years, you know, between 26 and 20. That's a big... Maybe not okay, but still probably okay. Probably fine, but still a little yucky. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I just thought that was interesting that she was 32 and scream. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and then we cut to all of them. They're sitting in like the and Mindy's sitting in the middle and she's like, I I just don't want to keep getting stabbed. I don't want to get hurt again. And Which Brad's like, fair. well, I don't want to get hurt again. And she's like, well, I don't want you to get hurt again. That's not what I'm saying. And then like Chad and Tara are like leaning on Mindy's shoulders and it's so sad seeing the three of them just being so sad um and then Sam's like I mean it's my fault like let me go do it and they're like well hold on no (laughs) and they're like we're we're gonna figure it out which I love and then um one of them says the core four and then they start putting their (laughs) hands in the middle and Danny's there and he's like core what and Chad goes it's an us thing <laughs> he's like get your no you're not you involved can't, you can't sit with us um and then my next note says oh no subway scene equals separation my note on this is fuck they left Mindy there accidentally <laughs> um so many thoughts on this I love seeing um everybody's halloween costumes in the background i think they're great one of the ones that we one of the (laughs) things that we see are we see in the background there is a ready or not reference there's somebody dressed as the bride from ready or not love that um there is a mojo jojo which is great the voice of ghostface roger l jackson also voices mojo jojo that's funny um we also see I mean, Fred- all the classic. So, Freddy, a pinhead, and of course, the Baba Duke on the subway with Tara as a wonderful throwback to her loving the Baba Duke. Um, the subway stop that they're at is 96, as in 1996, as in Scream. Oh, very nice. Um, the subway had to be like completely recreated this subway station because they were filming in montreal not in new york and apparently their subways do not look anything like new york subways i wonder so they were completely built in like a soundstage interesting which is so fun to me interesting um uh, apparently, the special effects team was able to tow the car into and out of their subway platform set. So, like, when you see them stopping and going, those are practical effects, despite it being on a soundstage, which is wild for something like this. That's cool. Um, the flickering, apparently the guy who was the director of photography was like are you I feel like the flickering is too much and they were like no it's great we love it <laughs> and I agree I love I love that I liked it but I will say a lot I, I, had, a, I have a hard time with with that type of lighting effect uh-huh. where there's like a lot of flickering and then it's like very bright and then suddenly it's very dark and then there's more flickering and I know that that's the point but it kind of hurts my eyes a little bit. And I'm like, man, I can you please just show me what you're trying to show me. <laughs> but I did like this. I, I think that's fair. I think that 
um, light sensitivity is pretty common. Um, this was a very well put together scene, in my opinion. Um, it's great. I love it. Um, I enjoy the separation because it also then makes you think, oh, it's not Ethan because we just see we just saw Mindy get fucking stabbed. Yes. And Ethan's there. Yes. And I love that Mindy's only qualm is she's like, I got it wrong again. Yes. <laughs> um, he gets her off the subway after she gets attacked. And he's like, are you okay? And she wrote this down. She was like, yeah, I'm so good. <laughs> She's like trying so hard. You sound great. <laughs> She's like, I can't believe I got it wrong again. Um, so then, yeah, they're convinced that Mindy is right behind them. Because why wouldn't she? Of course, she doesn't have service in the subway station. And Sam stops Danny. She's like, you're not from Woodsboro. I can't trust you. I'm so sorry. Like, I have to go with my gut instinct. And he's like, I get it. Okay. No. You just be strong, I guess. And he goes off. And that's the right answer. Well done. Yeah. Um, and then they're back in the theater and then my next note says Billy Loomis, all caps. <laughs> my next note, Caleb thinks at this point that it's Kirby. Um, he says, That's what they want you to think. He says, quote, she's ominous. And I said, That's I, the point. <laughs> I don't think it's Kirby. And then my immediate next note is, Kirby isn't with the FBI! <laughs> even, even when he said it, I was like, there's no way it's not Kirby. Um, this entire time, I was convinced it was Ethan. Well done. I I had no idea about who the other person was, but I was like, eh, I was suspic- that one for sure. <laughs> he was the only one that I felt like strongly suspicious about. Uh, something just didn't seem right about that kid, but I couldn't quite. the The part that like threw me off is all of where he was, his whereabouts. Yeah, were just close enough to the truth to where like I couldn't I can't prove you wrong maybe you were in your econ class I don't fucking believe you but I wasn't there yeah um and then when we see that it like wasn't him on the subway I'm like okay well something is still not right here and I know that this is two people but like I still can't prove that it's you I think it's you but I can't fucking prove that it's you yet yeah even even when uh, Mindy got stabbed. I was like, I'm not fully convinced it's not you. And I know that's what this was supposed to be. And maybe it's not, but I don't know. I, yes. <laughs> Prove to me that you're not the killer. Um, <laughs> my next note in all caps is, I told you it was two! <laughs> and then immediately, I, um... more than two! <laughs> so before all that happens... We get a really cute scene with Chad and Tara. Um, meanwhile, like Sam's in the other room, fully freaking out because Bailey has called and said she's not with the FBI. She got fired two months ago for being mentally unstable. And then she realizes they're locked in there. And then, yeah, just in the other room, Chad and Tara just making out, being cute. Please don't eat that candy. No one knows what it was. 
put there. I wouldn't do that. Um, and then my next one says, and then Ghostface comes in and bam! <laughs> and then Chad gets stabbed a billion times. Yes. Um, so many. It's it's just a ridiculous amount of times <laughs> he gets stabbed. And then my next note says, no, Dermot Mulrooney, because that's Detective Bailey's name in real life. He, um, I know that you don't like Shameless, but have, no, I, I've never seen it. Okay. I don't know definitively. <laughs> he plays a character in Shameless who, like, when you first meet him, you're like, mm, I don't know. And then you kind of warm up to him a little bit he kind of grows on you and you're like mm, sean's not such a bad guy and then he really really fucks and then he really is characters and it's like mm, do you remember when i thought that you might be a bad fucking guy um so i was a little suspicious but i was like mm, i think that i'm just like traumatized from another character of yours and i just like, can't look at you the same way as the problem <laughs> I don't have anything from this movie to base this on, but something about this just isn't right. <laughs> I he's really good in New Girl. He's one of Jess's boyfriends. Interesting. Um, he's like the dad of some student that she teaches, and he's like a really rich guy. Um, so that's what I always think of when I think of him. Interesting. Um, and then my next note says, Ethan, I hate you. You're too richy coded in a bad way. In a bad way, yes. <laughs> um, which, of course, makes sense. We learn that uh, Detective Bailey is Richie's dad, and Ethan and Quinn are his siblings. We also learn that Quinn is not dead. <laughs> yes. Um, um, and she says, you didn't see that one coming, did you? Which is fun. And no, I didn't. You caught nice me. Nice little reference. They start yelling at Sam about like killing their brother slash son. Um, yeah. And he was so strong and he was so wonderful. He was a strong, virile young man. He was virile! <laughs> and she yells back at him in all caps. He was a limp dick little fuck! Yeah. My and that's the lifting. title right now. No. Why? And she also says, well, so they, before they say that they are Richie's family, which again, direct connection to Scream 2. Um, but before they say that, like Sam's like, but it wasn't me. Like it was Richie. It was Richie and Amber. Like it had nothing. It wasn't me. I wasn't the killer. And they're like, yeah, we fucking know that. Um, she also says, he was so pathetic. Made his girlfriend do all the killing. Which is fucking true. Literally, every time I have seen Scream 5, I try and, like, break it down. I'm like, who has Richie actually killed in this? I'm fully convinced that it's Amber that kills everybody. Um, and then my next note says, Ethan specifically is a bitch. Amen. Period. Um, and it's very funny. Detective Bailey says it's a very special bond between a father and his first son. And he, which literally just really, like slap Ethan in the face 
and that would hurt less. Really? Shut up. <laughs> I was so sad because a very hurt look on his face. And I was yeah. like, oh. He's like, I mean, I'm killing people for you, Dad. Not really for Richie. <laughs> I said this for you. Um. My next note says, huh, fuck off, Quinn. And I don't know why. It could be anything. And then my next one says, poor Kirby getting stabbed all the time. One of the sisters kills Ethan. Yes. So my next note says, Sam. So Sam and Tara are like crawling up to go into the balcony of this theater. Uh, Detective Bailey shoots at Tara and she loses her grip on the railing. And so she's holding on to it with her hands. And Sam's trying to pull her up. And Tara's like, you gotta let me go because. Ethan is swiping at her feet underneath and Quinn has gone up to the balcony Things to are- confront Sam and she lets Tara go after giving her after passing her Billy Loomis's knife and uh, she falls, Ethan stabs her and then Tara or um, Sam. Ethan says something along the lines of I always wanted to stick something in you Tara Ew. and in response Tara stabs him in the mouth Oh, and twists it. I wrote iconic, and then she says, "Now die a fucking virgin." Because earlier during Mindy's monologue, he was like, "Are you saying I'm gonna die a virgin?" And then everyone's like, "Silent." <laughs> Hilarious. Um, and well, then Sam looks at Quinn as we're finishing watching Tara fully butcher Ethan by stabbing him in the mouth. Uh, and she says, looks like you're down another brother. And then she shoots Quinn in the center I... of the forehead. Now suddenly she's an excellent shot. Yeah. Amazing kill shot, though. Um, as Tara is murdering Ethan, my note in all caps is, file this under good for her. <laughs> and then when Sam says, looks like you're down another brother, I went, I said, oh. Amazing. Hilarious. Oh. <laughs> and then Detective Bailey's up at the top because he's mad and Sam's out of bullets they charge each other go tumbling over the balcony and then Detective Bailey wakes up Sam's nowhere to be seen but he calls she calls him Ghostface voice um, and he's like yeah fucking be a killer you're, just step, you're just proving me right blah 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 and she's <laughs> she appears from out the shadows um, because she has taken Billy Loomis's ghost face and presumably put it on and she steps out from behind the curtain and stabs him 31 times and then like stops and he's like who are, they, who are you going to believe who do you think the people are going to believe you or me and she's like you're in my movie um and, like, she's fully prepared to stop. And then Tara looks at her like, I mean, we can't let him live. And then she stabs him in the eye. <laughs> um, hilarious. And then Red Right Hand plays because it is the end of Richie's home movies. Um, which is great. Um, also, the projections... Some of the footage that we see is, like, actually Jack Quaid's real-life home videos. That's cool. Which is really fun. 
in my opinion. Like, all the stuff of him, like, actually looking like a child is basically him. Um, And then I wrote down a Tara quote. She says, I promise you I'm going to get so much therapy after this. <laughs> You're going to fucking need it, my friend. <laughs> and then... Of course, Ethan's not really dead, which I don't know how you couldn't be. You got stabbed in the mouth, in the throat. Um, but he jumps up and Kirby pushes the Stumacher TV. And she says, I saw that in a scary movie once. I saw that in a scary movie once. And then um, there, uh, Danny comes in. He's got all these cops. And he goes, I just thought you might need some help. And it's great. We can trust him. (laughs) He's not a psychotic killer. (laughs) Not in this movie. We don't know about Scream 7. (laughs) Who's to say? Um, And then they're like outside and Kirby's talking to like Sam and Tara and she says uh, legacy doesn't always have to be a bad thing. And And I think that's nice. Um, And of course, somehow Chad is still alive. He now has the Dewey protection on him because Dewey is dead. <laughs> I'm convinced that's another theory online is <laughs> that Dewey had some weird sort of magic. Not like an actual theory, but like a running joke how many times he's gotten stabbed. Poor Dewey. Um, but clearly, Chad clearly has the same luck. Um... And then Mindy shows up. She's alive. She's like, I got it wrong. It's Ethan and Detective Bailey. And they're like, and Quinn. And she's like, fuck. <laughs> and then they load them up in the ambulance. They're going to take them away. And Tara's like, are you coming, Sam? And she's got Billy's mask. And it's all dramatic. And she just drops it. Because she's in charge of her own legacy. And she walks away. I want to talk to you about that for a minute okay if that I, is my last note so now i'm good to talk about is, whatever that is also my last note <laughs> i don't like the way that she left the mask there i still feel like what if she's the killer in scream seven <laughs> i mean who knows i don't know they just announced it, so i don't know what they have planned i'm nervous I think that that would be a wildly incorrect way to take it. Excellent. Okay, cool. And that's all I've got to say about it. I love that. Okay. Wonderful. Then that's that's all I have, my friend. Do you feel ready to rate it? I feel ready to rate it. All right. So I'm going to give this movie four and a half chainsaws. Very nice. I really liked this. Uh, It's been a long... It feels like it's been a long time since I watched a movie... Then since I've I seen a movie <laughs> since I've watched a movie period but more importantly since I've seen a movie and gone wow that was a re- that was good I would watch that again that was that was good that was fun um I loved all the twists I thought that that was really really fun I like that it kept me guessing still in the same way that the energy from the first one did where I was like I think it's the boyfriend but really like who's to fucking say Who's to say? Who's to, Stu's to say? Um, <laughs> Stu is dead. <laughs> he is now. Uh, I love the dialogue. I think that this has gotten, and maybe it's because this is a more like recent version. 
but mm-hmm. this is how people talk to each other. <laughs> this makes yeah. sense. This was well written. Yes. Um, and I loved all the little Easter eggs. Everybody loves a callback. I thought that was super, super fun. Uh, for this reason, four and a half chainsaws. Very nice. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I got a new tattoo. <gasps> oh, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I wondered why you were saying, ow. I'm less concerned now. I'm a <laughs> Here, I'll send you a picture. Fuck yes. I forgot that I was going to mention that earlier. Um... All right, it's my turn. Are you ready for my hot take? Oh, that's really wholesome. Um, is it so cute? That's really- I love it so much. It is a little black cat on a jack-o'-lantern for that's- the listeners. And that looks like that's on your forearm. Uh, yes. Ah, that's that's really cute. I like this. I love it, but I got this Monday, so it's obviously still healing. <laughs> yeah. Two days ago. Can I guess what your hot take is going to be? Yeah. Go Are ahead. you going to give this five entire chainsaws? I'm going to give this five whole chainsaws. <laughs> Um, what? <laughs> I think that this is. I don't know if I want to definitively say just as good as the original. Ooh, because big... I mean, I mean that's that's a big statement to make. So I don't know that I'm ready to make that, but it brings me the same feeling that the original does. Um, that's beautiful. I think that the script is great, and I think that the casting is great, the acting is great, the effects are great. I love, love, love when movies do practical effects. Um, That is beyond, like, my favorite thing, is seeing and knowing that. And I think that this does a good job of bringing this past Sydney Prescott um as difficult as that is to say I mean Sydney Prescott's always going to be my favorite final girl above and beyond <laughs> um without a doubt in my mind as she has been for 20 25. years <laughs> 25 years like she's always going to be my favorite but I think that this not only pays a nice homage to her through that tiny little reference of just like letting her have a peaceful life off script. But it also brings it forward. Um, And I think that that was probably Scream 5's like biggest downfall is leaning too heavily on the legacy cast. Um, And this does a nice job, I think, of moving past it. Uh, bringing this into the 2020s. And yeah, for all those reasons, Five Chainsaws. I think this is a perfect movie. I don't know that there's anything I would have changed about it. Outstanding. Outstanding. <laughs> this was a- I'm so glad you picked this. Well done. Thank, Thank you. I love Scream. <laughs> I'm also always going to be biased. This remains, you know... There's no bad screen movie. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Okay. Even even the worst of them are not bad movies. It was it was still fine. Yeah. Well then that was it, I think. That was that was Scream Six. Yes. Um we did it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, it's my pick next. Correct. I did 
I do you remember? <laughs> no, I'm checking the Google Doc right now. Um, <laughs> I know that I picked something, and I felt really confident in my pick. That's um, really funny. Oh, we're watching Gaia next. I don't yes. know. Streaming. I think Hulu, maybe. Okay. That sounds right. Okay. <laughs> Let me. I don't know anything about this. I also don't, but it's been on my like suggested things for a while. 2021? Gaia movie. Yes, 2021. Oh, this okay. is a South African film. Oh, that's fun. It's a little different than what we normally do. Yeah. Especially for our foreign films. We'll take it. Um, yeah, this looks Google like it's says on it's on Hulu. So hopefully that is correct. <laughs> that sounds correct to me. Um, this should be a pretty quick one. This is an hour and a half. It's a sweet spot. Sweet spot. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll watch it and we'll take a quick little peekaroo. Sounds good. All right. Got you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.